Hebrews 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilt uh, from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us cur- encourage one another and and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I'm Howard Brown, the senior pastor here at Christ Central Church. And we're going to continue our sermon series on a series of questions. And this morning's question, why church? Um, and now that we're here and um, this sermon is ready, um, I think, um, to be given, it, it probably could have been a, more of a helpful more helpful to start with um, what is the church, but uh, I'll kind of say in short um, so that we can at least know what we're talking about here. The church um, you did that? Okay. Sometimes I can be kind of loose up here, excuse me. <laughs> the church is the spiritual and institutional association and community of God's people. And all it does because of and for the sake and glory of Jesus Christ. That's kind of long, Giorgio. <sighs> Have to come next week and get the rest of it. Uh, the the church is a spiritual entity, meaning all the people that belong to Jesus in the world. But the church uh, is also the manifestation, the local institutional manifestation of that, the result of that. Like people who are members of this church, it, and the church is also its its ministries and its functions as this spiritual group that Jesus has called together. Is that a little better? Okay, he ain't saying that. Okay. With that said, It's 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. It's been a long week. It's cold. Got to get the kids ready. You have nothing to wear. And you might, like me sometimes, have this question come up. Why church? Or you're seven years old. And it's Sunday morning. And you are dragged out of the relevance of a cartoon world to the irrelevance of a boring program that doesn't seem to do much for you or your parents, for that matter, so it seems. Why, church? It's Sunday morning and the neighborhood, the city and the world you woke up to is still no better even though there's a church on every block. Why church? You are 30 years old and going into a building to sing and smile, to do something that doesn't hold a candle, to just hanging out with the real friends at really fun get-togethers. Why church? 
You saw grandmama waste her days and money following that crazy preacher and she and her world has nothing to show for it. Why church? It's playoff season. And everybody knows the best pre-game commentary is on right now. Sometimes I wake up. (laughs) Why church? Of the top five spiritual questions, and I don't know what those top five are. I hadn't done a study. This generation has, has got to be, why church? And admittedly, I cannot promise to answer this question exhaustively, but I believe that even if we just kind of get a sliver of reason why, it could be enough to carry our hearts um, in the right direction. Why church? Because whether or not we can describe it as eloquently or describe it exactly as the words of Hebrews does, if we want to know God and get to know our maker, if we want to be with God, if we want ourselves and our world to be made right and well, if if we want hope that things could get better, if we want truth that can handle us in our lives, we need the church. But the why church is not just about pretty reasons, because part of the scriptures call to churches is, is to persevere, to make it, to survive. And so if you don't have hope that things will get better, if you still haven't found what you're searching for, if you want to face the God whom we don't want to believe in or, or even ask questions of the one who's seemingly responsible for all your and the world's mess or responsible for not fixing it, believe it or not, we want and need the church. Hebrews puts it this way. We should be where people can love and share our stories and help us on our spiritual journeys. We should come to a, this is a new word, a a place group where we know God has spoken and is speaking to us. We should come to a place group where we are routinely coming together to believe and even working to believe what God has said and done for us. And if it's true, that our maker is being made known and speaking to us, if it is true, and I believe it is, that that God has provided forgiveness and freedom from guilt, if it is true that there is healing for our pain, and then if it is true that this stuff is known and revealed and given by the church as it reveals the priest, Jesus Christ, the one who takes away the sin and pain of the world, then guess what? It Why, church, is because it is dangerous to live outside of it. Why, church? Because without it, you will turn to the dark side. I was thinking about this, you know, and what's the name of that movie? Revenge of the Sith, right? Isn't that the name of it? We'll make sure I got it right. That latest Star Wars that just came out, even though it's like number three or something in the series. Anyway, in this movie, it, 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 I think that, oh man, I love some Darth Vader too. So, I mean, <laughs> It shows the young Skywalker, you know, the one who says, Luke, I'm your father. But that was later. And it shows the young Skywalker 
full of promise, full of hope. And this movie kind of chronicles his descent, his decline into Darth Vader. You see this young man who is filled with pain and ambition inside and outside. And and he's not being seen or understood. And, And the turning point of his transformation into Darth Vader, Lord Vader, the dark side, it was guilt. He did not know what to do with the bad thoughts of his heart. And so what did he do? He was in the most trouble when he began to isolate himself from Obi-Ben 1 Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Y'all got to help me preach this this morning. Y'all got to help me. Sometimes I get what Kelly calls the mush mouth stuff be coming, moving ahead before my brain stuff's coming out. Comes out not done, you know, need 15 minutes, took it out at 10. In an isolation away from the words and care of the Jedi masters, he falls apart. Pressure will always bring out the dark side. Guilt, pain, fear, mixed with ambition and loneliness. It means you'll be mean and angry and depressed and lost in darkness and seeking some sort of empire to associate yourself with. In your loneliness, you will fall apart. Look with me at verse 22. It says, it talks about Jesus being the priest and, and how we have uh, access to him. And so there's a let us therefore. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, what? To cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward and good deeds. Therefore, let us what? Meet together. Don't give up being together. See, being alone in your imaginations and thoughts without communal and God-infused insight, you begin to think bigger or less of yourself because you truly, let me say this clearly, you can't handle the spiritual climate that you find yourself in. You can't handle the world. You can't handle the truth. Your character... And resultant decisions, whatever decisions you make it on your own, they will fry. They will melt. You know, a Tupperware bowl gets, they'll be deformed in, in the heat of everyday living. You and I need a covering. We need a place of organic and living help. And this scripture is saying, my young Skywalkers and Princess Liz, you are loaded with God-given potential and vision and gifts and you bear his image, though broken it may be, but you're also filled with pain and hurt and impatience with yourself in this world and you're even driven and burdened with the weight of guilt and the pressure of a world that isn't right but will ride you into darkness and it's saying you come into the light. Come under the shade of what, yes, 
this group, this stuff is, is sometimes slow and grinding and like the movie. You know, got Samuel Jackson, he's like the old man. He doesn't need to do it right now. He needs to sit down and wait. You know, you don't want to hear that kind of stuff. And, you know, you, you gotta go to membership class. Oh gosh, come on. I'm ready to take the world for Jesus. Why gotta go to membership class? What Howard and Georgia don't know anyway? Pastors, they're 33. They don't know nothing. And then you're headed toward being dog. Wonder how you got Darth Vader. Well, and listen. They found themselves alone. And so it said, come in, yeah, to the imperfect but loving care of God in the presence of God's leaders. I don't want to call us Jedi Knights, but of God leaders and, and God's people who live under the code and never ending personal force of the God who created you and called you. And knows you and speaks to you. Church is about coming to a place where people can speak freedom from guilt and lighten the load of performance off of your back where you can hear God and begin to trust that God will be there. But it's not only dangerous because we will turn to the dark side. But it's dangerous to be outside of church or, or, or the church to stop existing because We'll stop keeping it real, if you will. I want you to see, without getting into next week's sermon too much, what the church, that the church and God's covenant people, in the Old Testament would be God's covenant people, the Jews and their society and their community, Israel. But that the church has always been God's historic institutional presence and connection with the world. The church has never, not and has never just been a personal flavor thing. You know, we just doing our thing in here, close the doors. It, it is necessary so that the world with us can continue to be invaded by God, to be, have some entity, some powerhouse, some place, some people, some stuff that is continually reminding and, and speaking to and let me say this, even kept sane by God's presence in the community of his people as they go forth. Look with me at Hebrews 19th chapter. It's, I mean, 10th chapter, verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us to the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. With a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. And it, then it goes on in verse 25 about let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage the hang, to continue to hang out, to continue uh, seeking Jesus, to continue uh, doing the things the church is called to do. Now I want you to see that what's happening is they're saying something amazing has happened. What has once been hidden uh, behind a curtain in Old Testament thinking, the, 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 it's now being revealed that in Jesus' coming, God is going to reveal himself to his people and therefore the whole world in a way he has never done before. Now, it doesn't mean that he didn't do it before. It's now a new and living way because of Jesus. So the church's call is to say, guess what? There is a new and living way. God is revealed. He is not hidden. He is here. He is is real. I've been watching a lot of movies lately because we have 
I'm not going down that road. <laughs> because we have the, uh, we're going to be doing the NOTA African American Film Festival, sponsoring it as a church. And of course, um, I've been working with Jeff Jackson. He's kind of more of a film connoisseur. You know, he, he's smart about them films, y'all. Let me just put it in that way. You know, huh? I go in between. Yeah, sometimes I like some good, significant, artsy stuff. But every now and then I want to pull out Terminator. You know, I just got to get the Hollywood feel. And so he kind of keeps me in check, you know. And, and, and just Jeff is on the artsy side. So he don't believe in cutting anything. You know, you got to you got to have integrity for the artist. So, you know, he and I, we just we just work it out, you know. And uh, so. um we watched this, we're watching a documentary on hip hop because we're thinking about doing a part of a film festival, this history of hip hop night. And, and as I begin to watch the film, I, I completely realized that what has become mainstream is a culture that grew out of New York City. I mean, every single thing, you know, whether it's the, the, the graffiti or the dance or the music, hip hop music, it, it is a, that, that these things, the art and, and the music and the dance, are vehicles by which the world comes to know about this culture that has existed in New York City and continues to exist today. And I was like, wow, I kind of feel lost. You know, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. And here I am thinking, it, man, this, this is a totally different culture. It, it was interesting seeing the history. You know, Jesus is a lot like hip-hop. He is the very message and culture and song of the world's redemption. Now, because of the, its local presence, we've got different churches in different places, different people. The church, like pop music, has different sounds, different sounding artists, even a progression of sounds over history. But Jesus is the constant. He's the true message and culture. But, but still... Without the artist, without the rapper, without the mic, without the bass, without the turntable mixer, without the hook, without the bridge, y'all, the message and culture doesn't shine as bright. We can lose our relationship with the truth and the true one more and more as the historic and basic elements are lost. What would hip hop be or become if the rapper were taken away or you had everybody rapping at once. It'd be a mess. It would be less than hip-hop. But we do the same and we say, we don't need church leadership. We don't need a pastor. A pastor's a preacher preaching. Imagine hip-hop without the bass, without that constant place that the rhythms and the rhymes must, must go back to. In the church, it's like saying, we don't need a constant. We don't need membership. We don't need vows. We don't need to join our lives in commitment to a spiritual beat. We can go where we want, when we want. We need no common place of accountability and correction. Taking the chorus away. The over and over, you know, hook is a reminder of what the song is about. It's like taking the scripture and secondarily the historical and biblically based creeds and beliefs away. And taking the turntable away or, or the mixing board away is like, is the same as saying we don't need to assemble and bring all this together. We can just all stay at home and watch TV. 
And then not trusting in the very power and presence of God and our praise and our prayers is like not having a, a producer, a, a Missy Elliott, a, a Pharrell, a Dr. Dre to make it all work. And just like hip hop, Jesus is not seen as bright and heard as clearly. And in the world without the church and its elements, people will want to know what happened to this God that said he cared. What happened to his stuff? What happened to his personality? I can't hear him as clear. He is silent or more silent with each lost element. And the voice and culture and message and truth of God, the relationship with God to the world, believer or not, is no longer what it used to be. You know how people are like, what happened to real hip-hop? It becomes where if, if, if church ceases to exist, God will become a, more of a dream, a, a maybe. God could become a silent father, a, a message that now sounds less like the hard-hitting, unmistakably, I love you, God, and more like the muzak of human distortion and recreation. And we in the world can't handle that. Man, can you imagine Jay-Z or Snoop or Busta or Eminem done in Muzak? I think that happened to me once when I got in the elevator. I almost went crazy in that thing. (sighs) Then you see why we were called by God in his word to not possibly put any imagination of something less than church for people to know God is here and is speaking to them with consistent truth and faith. How can I say it? Why, church? Because church is God's means. And I'm going to call it, and I don't think it's ever going to go away. Scripture says it's eternal. It is God's means in our way with him of keeping it, keeping it real by keeping him real. But more than anything else, why church? Because God wants us to be with him. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the context of the scripture, which is obviously about us being with God and God being with us and about us touching God and God touching us. It's, you know, the Jewish reader or even the historic reader or people that lived in this time and and were around the the, the rites and... and, and, uh, Systems of, of Jewish, the Jewish religion would, would recognize that what would often happen is um, the, the ceremony that, that where people would have their sins forgiven. It, it was big time. It was obvious that something supernatural and incredible was going on. That there'd be most, no mistaking that God was 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 there. That He was meeting His people. I I, I mean I, I want you to imagine thousands of people rolling up with lambs and bulls and doves and wheat grain. I mean just carried it. I want you to hear. I want I want you to hear the, the sheep making the noise. I want you to hear the the bulls groaning. I. I I mean, it's not nice, but I want you to smell, you know. It's a full sensory experience. And and then I want you to see the priest standing up there looking less like a a pastor does in his robe on Sunday morning and more like the butcher at the butcher shop. Drenched in blood. You hear the wailing of animals as he has sacrificed them. It is incredible blood flow 
And, and then this priest goes before God. He, he goes behind a curtain. He goes to a place where, where God's presence is in this tent or in this temple, part of the temple. And he takes the sins of the people in with him. And the people know with these elements there that there's an undeniable assurance, if you will, that God is there, that God is forgiving sin. When you see blood flowing like that, you know something. There's a there's a sensory call to know something has been done, that your sins have been taken away. And you see the priest, he's going in and you have assurance that as he goes in and hopefully if, if he didn't mess up, he comes back out. Because God will kill him if he's messed up. You know, um, I've heard uh, that they used to put bells on him and, um, and a rope. I don't know about that. But I've heard in by biblical history something. I can't be, um, I don't want to make things true that aren't. But apparently they have like the bells on him. Our brother going there. He was messing around with the, pro, you know, the temple help, you know. He wouldn't come out that holy of holies. You know, you talk about church discipline. He would go in there and God would be like, that's it, bro. Can't take your knees for the people. Shh, have to pull them out. So you, you see this, this whole, it is God being with and reaching his people as the priests went into the holier holies or sacrificed for them. Or read, even these assemblies involve reading the book of the law and they would open the book. Ezra has this great thing where he opens the book of the law and these thousands upon thousands of people as he reads the law. Amen! We believe the Lord is real and this, this eruption of, of, of voices go up and praise God. It is this group, covenantal, communal experience that was what it meant to fully, centuries and everything, as fully as possible, be before and with God. But Hebrews here is saying something else, something even more beautiful. We no longer come together because of the merit and actions of some earthly priest who experienced God. But now church is about God's people experiencing and coming before our forever priest Jesus. We no longer bring sacrifices together. We just now celebrate the one sacrifice together. That is Jesus. We read and hear the law and the words of God together in scripture reading and song and preaching. We experience the sensory nature of, of God being real in the sacraments. And we had one this morning, baptism. And then we you know every week we normally have Lord's Supper. We bring our sins before God. Together, and as the scripture suggests, it is here. With all that going on, all the things Hebrew is just, Hebrews are describing, it is here that we experience and know God and what He has done for us best. In the assembly of the covenantal communal experience, which has now become the work and operation of God's church. I love going home to Charleston. My parents are there. That's where I was raised. And you know when you grow up, you realize how nice the city is when you were raised in, you forgot. Oh man, I never I didn't go to the beach that much. I was going, anyway. But there's some tension in going home. And Terrence and Kia, Joel and Kelly can say an amen to this. We have this den. In our den is the TV. Big old 40-inch, big TV. 
Beside the TV is daddy's computer. My dad has a tour guide business. Is his office for his tour guide in the same room, the phone, and then all these couches. Now, what my parents have done is we had a back porch and they've enclosed it. So it's like one big room, but it's kind of like two rooms with one in middle and they kind of put the couch sideways and you kind of if, if you're in the other room you kind of sitting kind of far back you're like one step back from really being in the room and so what do we do we all pile in this one room you know Terrence and Gia and their children and Joel and possibly Kenyatta his friend rolled over or the mother friend Joy's bringing over because if mama got food they gonna try to pile in too and then you know Kelly is there and my boys and and there's toys and guess what we all love TV and there's one TV and one remote and there's gonna be tension now our house is big enough we have a formal living room and dining room and, and kitchen and all that we like mama daddy because, you know, mom and daddy got money. We don't. But we got good ideas. They got the money. So I'm like, I got a good idea. What you can do with your money to make our time here in Charleston better. You can knock down the walls in the living room. Because my, my parents got the old school living room. You don't go in there and sit down. You know, you don't, you know. But we don't eat dinner at the dining room table. You know, that kind of thing. Even though it's 50 of us now, you still can't go in that area. And so, you know, I'm like, watch y'all knock the wall. You know, we watch a lot of HGTV. They don't know about that, but they got the money. We got the ideas. And so it's, we're like, knock down the walls. And we can have a big family room. And downstairs can be daddy's office. And, uh, you know, because let me tell you what happens. We're watching TV. My dad gets a business call. He's like loud, too. He's from the country. They used to yell across the road. And he really, he does not know how to use the phone that well. Yeah. Uh-huh. What you say now? What you say now? Howard, turn on that TV. But we're watching a movie. You go. This is my house. This is my house. Turn on the TV now. And it's like, automatic, auto, automatically I go back to 10 years old. I'm afraid. Something about the 1970s belt with the double loot hook. Anyway, I, I just start to remember. Um, it was white, too. Like, ooh, white double hook. Okay, anyway. The, and so he, and so it's like a little confused. We're like, Daddy, why don't you redo this? This is nuts. You got a big family growing. Joel ain't married yet. If Joel does get married, you know, he probably gonna have kids. And it's just gonna be crazy. It's miserable up in here. So I asked Mama, you know, you can always get Mama's voice. Daddy, kid, you know, right now, leave him alone. You can give me your idea, but he's not, you're not gonna convince him in that conversation. He's gonna have to come, think about it. Then he comes back like it's his idea. That's Daddy. So, Kelly, that's a lot like me in it. Um, so, you know, Mama, tell Daddy to switch it up. So one time we came back after checking. Mama, what happened? What did he say? He said, no, he will not do it. I'm like, why? Just a mean old grumpy man. Just got to have it his way. And then Mama was like, no. And this is when you get sappy. Your dad feels like if you make that room upstairs, the entertainment room, and room enough, Y'all will leave him downstairs by himself. And he has this great desire just to have y'all all in a room with him. He, he, he likes to see y'all all together, all bunch up together. You know, one time it was like 1030. They got to go to bed, Daddy. No, let him stay up a little longer. Just, 
Just let the boys run around. He just wants to see this mass of mashed up, mixed up people fighting for the remote just together. And he's, I sometimes I look over there, he's smiling, doing his work on the computer. He's just enjoying it. What a great picture of what the church can feel like. It's this mixed up group of people that don't always go along and we always got to do one thing. And sometimes we're not singing your favorite song and you wish we could just change the channel. But God wants us together. He wants to be with us. The church now becomes a means by which, though bulky and filled with pomp and all kind of stuff, and not always what we always personally want, it is a means by which we can fully and best be with and experience Him and worship and worship experience. And that does not include Sunday morning, but the ministries and people of the church that for the sake of the church carries out His mission. Now here's the deal. Some of you believe you experience God best in the personal quiet times. That if you can just go up to your room and close the door, you can experience him best there. But no, God says, I got this situation. Yes, the church, the the institution, the group of people, this is where you're best going to be with me. I know it feels so good when it's just you and Jesus in your quiet time. Oh, he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And that's nice. And it could be true. But I'm here to tell you the chorus is bigger. The frame is wider. The experience is deeper in the community of his people. And some of you, you go to retreats and conferences and you're like, man, I really felt God there. And I got to go back to church now. True, you might have felt him there. That's great. But God is a father. Yes, he is Superman at the retreats, but in his faithfulness, he is this constant, abiding, trustful love and has ultimately seen that Jesus, God is a super family man. And it means he comes home every day, he cuts the grass, he picks up his paper. He, about his, it's about his simply having another meal of macaroni and cheese and hot dogs with all his children. It is the fullness of what it means to be his and know him that the assembly provides. God is saying, I want you to be with you. And my way of fully being with you is like my dad having us all in one place. It is the very movements and, and manifestations. People join the community becomes the best means and way that even our world and neighbors come to see and know God in his fullness. Don't y'all know when the circus comes to town? Or the carnival sets up in a parking lot. It's never just about one act or one show. But it's about the presence of a full and varied experience. It's about the elephants and the elephant ears. It's about the strongest man and the strong smell coming from the cages. It's about the ringleader and the roller coaster. It's about the games and the crowds of people. There is a way to know God. There is a means by which you can have life through Jesus. And it isn't just about me or you or Jesus in our little campus group or my little Bible study or my small group or my meeting you one-on-one over coffee in discipleship. And yes, all of those things are used. But God is inviting you to be a part of the full show of his amazing love. The singing, the confessions, the preaching, the leadership, the committed community. God is in this community and in this world and like the circus in his full earthly presentation. 
say something. You know, it's, we got some college kids in here. And I remember what it was like in college. Man, them college groups, you think you in church. That ain't church. We'll talk about it more next week. But this that ain't church. And you know what's strange? Sometimes it feels more like Jesus than you experienced back at the home church. And I'm sorry for that. I had a campus minister get up every week and say, this is a great camp. He's ordained, just like me. He can preach anyway. He can baptize all. He don't do that, though. He get in trouble. Don't be baptizing. Don't be getting the Lord's Supper at campus. No. He used to say, some of y'all come in here like this, your church. Ain't no elders up in here. This is not your church. You need to find yourself somewhere on Sunday. And if you're going to be somewhere for four years, you need to find yourself on the somebody associate membership role or something. Oh, it feel good, y'all. You're discipling and you're doing the little discipleship books and you're moving on up and you're moving in the leadership. And it starts to feel like church. And when you graduate, I'm going to be on staff. I'm going to be this great. That ain't the church. You're only experiencing a little bit. Just just a touch. Not enough. I would say just a touch, but that touch ain't enough. Where's the people with kids in your campus community? Where's the elders? Where's the Lord's Supper? Where's the full presentation of God offered you in Jesus Christ? And you got these young guys, 19 and 20 years old, they the leaders. They did the books. And the church ain't laid their hands on nobody. God said ordination and leadership, the church lays his hands and sends those people. We'll talk more about that next week, I guess. I done blown, you know, done shot the whole thing off now. But anyway... <laughs> I ain't got nothing to talk about next week. Gosh, I'm going to have to dig deep. Thank God for making Georgia. Making Georgia. Woo! Amanda, you know something about making Georgia. You're from that area, right? Kelly, where's she at? Oh, she walked out on me. Making Georgia. Okay. Baby, ain't making Georgia special to you? Yeah. Oh, Lord, I messed up. That was you. <laughs> I've done it before. Anyway. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. No, no. It was her. It was her. <laughs> Making Georgia. I don't have any. <laughs> no, no. Seriously. It, it's, it's okay. I'm going to get to watch the game today. Trust me. I'm still going to get to watch the game today, and I might even have something to eat. Look. Here's the deal. Making Georgia. I don't go there that much. Don't have any family members. Don't have no family heritage there. No big attractions there for me. But back in 97, summer 97, making Georgia was real special. Because I was working in Atlanta and Kelly was living in Valdosta. And making Georgia is where we would meet up. You know, we were too distant. You know, you're talking on the phone all week. Can't wait till the weekend to get there. Bill just as high as it could be talking on that phone. But, you know, you just, just can't wait to see. She's have a little white Toyota Tercel. 
He said, see that thing round the corner? Woo, be so happy. Churches are making Georgia. Those of us who are distant from God. Those of us who've been separated from him by issues that distance our hearts from him. Sin and pain and, and all sorts of things that are going on in your personal life. The church is the place where God calls you to come and meet him. Oh, no, ain't no special thing in the form and function of his own. The reason this thing is special is because why church? God wants you to meet him here. But not just to meet you. I mean, we used to meet Kelly there and she used to leave her car in the Walmart parking lot, the 24 hour Walmart parking lot under light. She'd get in the truck with me. And we roll up to Atlanta. Now, on during the weekend, she would stay at the elders' house, y'all. Wasn't no, you know, well, been, there ain't no stuff going on. She wasn't, you know, we're sleeping in the bed together, but we aren't doing anything. No, it wasn't none of that stuff. But she, I'm sleeping on the floor, and she in the bed. I, that's a different sermon. That stuff don't work. But anyway, I, we were going somewhere. I was taking her somewhere to be with me. See, church is a meeting place. And Jesus is going to do something. He's going to take you somewhere. He's going to lift you, if you will, with his grace, with his words, with his sacraments, with his fellowship. You something. See, I don't believe church is just just a job. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, why church? Because I believe something's going to happen. In the ministry of the church. I believe God is meeting his people there. To do something with them. To take them somewhere. To bring them along in their journey. To one day be engaged. And call them. Like I called Mike Kelly. His own. Why church? Because Jesus meets you there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we thank you that you've provided a place where we can meet you and see you and touch you and experience you, Lord. And though it isn't the greatest place, doesn't have doesn't always have the greatest sights or the greatest amount of things that we personally like to do. Jesus, it has you. And you are the savior of the world. And we thank you for that. We ask that you would call our hearts to you. Call our lives through church to you. Help us to experience the full presentation of who God is and his love for us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.